You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 275. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. with the Earn That Body podcast. I hope you are having a great summer start. And what's going on with Earn That Body right now? Not a lot. I definitely take a little more time off in the summer to just chill, relax, refresh, and really get ready for some exciting fall programs ahead. But I will say that a lot of people like to do the Earn That Body five-week program in the summer because they're home more and they're not rushing around with the crazy summer schedules and taking their kids to school and after-school sports and so many things. And it gives them a better ability to manage their food. So it can be a really good time to do the Earn That Body program. So I just wanna put that out there. I don't have a lot of spaces left um, in June and July, but there are some. And so if you're kind of feeling like you do wanna get your health back in check, you wanna drop some weight, especially before fall season even hits, or maybe you just would like to feel better right now in your bathing suit, which there's no better feeling than putting on a bathing suit and feeling really confident, right? then now might be a great time to do the five-week Earn That Body program. I'll give you all the workouts that you need, and we will get your nutrition dialed in personally just for you and your caloric needs, your macro needs, and really help you understand what lifestyle and balanced nutrition looks like. So if that's something you want to get started, or maybe you want to get on the books for the fall, September is one of my most sold out months of the year, almost more than New Year's, quite honestly, because I kind of feel like all moms see September as a new year, like meaning the kids go back to school and they are back from vacations and ready to get back on a schedule. So September can be a super busy month. So if you just want to lock in your chance to do Earn That Body for September, you can do that now as well. So any of those, shoot me an email, kim at earnthatbody.com, and I will get you set up so that we can get your health on track. Now, what are we talking about today? Well, I want to teach you and I want to tell you a little bit about heart rate and what your heart rate is telling you about your body. Now it's not heart rate training, it's not polarized training with heart rate. Um, We've already done that podcast. So if you've missed that and you'd like information on that type of heart rate training for exercise, go back to episode number 229. That will give you that information. But what we're gonna talk about today is what your heart rate is telling you about your health. And I have to tell you, I'm always sort of looking for ways to determine like, how is my health? Am I getting more fit? Am I getting more healthy? What is this client's health? And how can we measure it in different ways? And it's really interesting that your heart rate can tell you so much about your overall health. So we're gonna get to all of that after this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from Idea Fitness Magazine, this is an article that was titled Brain Swell. And they said that a paper from researchers in Greece, published in Neurology, reported that people who eat 
a pro-inflammatory diet are far more likely to suffer from dementia compared with those eating a diet lower in inflammation-promoting foods. Now, the authors divided over 1,000 people, uh, men and women, mean age of 73, into three groups based on high medium and low inflammatory diet scores. And these scores were determined based on previous studies of foods and nutrients associated with inflammatory biomarkers. Now, after three years, one point increase in dietary inflammatory score was associated with a 21% increase in the chances of developing dementia during this time. Subjects in the highest turtle of inflammatory diet potential were three times more likely to develop dementia. I thought that was really amazing, three times more. Now, a gradual risk increase across the board suggested a dose-response relationship between inflammatory potential of diet and the incidence of dementia. People with best with the best anti-inflammatory scores consistently ate more fruits, more vegetables, more legumes, while eating less red meat, processed meat, fried foods, and foods with higher added sugars. While it would have been useful if serum levels of inflammatory biomarkers were obtained from participants, this appears to be more evidence that certain foods, nutrients, and non-nutrient food components can modulate inflammatory status acutely and chronically, which can impact brain health. Just another research article, just another thing that shows that what we are putting in our body impacts our health and especially brain health. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want dementia, right? There's so many things I don't want, and that is why I take such good care of my body, because I don't want those things. And I feel like we live in a society where it's like there's so much cancer right now, and there's so much disease, and there's so much more than there ever was before. But there's also so much more crappy food out there. There's so much more things that people are ingesting today that are not real, that are chemicals, that are so bad for us, but they're so easy to grab. And it could potentially be all of these things that are making people so sick today. I try to think about like what my grandma used to make um, for us when we were, we would go visit my grandma in New Jersey. We were from California. And she would make us homemade pancakes in the morning and she would have us go outside and get the blackberries from her blackberry bush. Everything my grandma made was homemade. She didn't buy a bunch of processed food. And I think in those generations and generations before, like everybody had a garden and everybody was eating real food. And there of course weren't as many options to get all the, hate to say it, but crap out there today. And so it's possible that, you know, they were a much healthier generation because they were eating real food. Our bodies don't really know how to process all of these chemicals. And it looks like a lot of these high chemical inflammatory, inflammatory foods 
are now also impacting our brain health. And so it's just another reason that I bring this information to you because sometimes I think, hey, this article might just help one person make a better choice next time they grab something to eat. And maybe that's gonna be you and you're gonna say, you know what? I gotta start changing my diet because I want to feel amazing and I wanna be healthy when I'm older and I don't want dementia, obviously, right? So keep eating healthy, everyone. Keep focusing on real food as well. Now let's talk about heart health in terms of your heart rate. A lot of information today coming from Harvard Health, Mayo Clinic, um, also Healthline and WebMD, all the places that I got a lot of our information today. Heart rate's kind of an amazing thing. I, I, I'm always very into heart rate. Like when I go running, I wear a heart rate monitor and I play lots of games with myself <laughs> in terms of heart rate. Like I'll go for a run and on my easy run days, I have to keep my heart rate at a certain level and I'll go out and I'll run outside and I'll sort of like say, okay, so what do I think my heart rate is right now? Like I'm going at this easy pace and I'll look down and I have been nailing it lately. Like I'm getting so in tune with what my heart rate feels like at 130, at 135, or when I'm busting it in a sprint and like my heart rate's up to like 160, 165. Being really in tune with your body and understanding also how that heart rate is, or, or I should say what your heart rate is telling you at those moments is really definitely very, very key. Now, the first thing you should know is that a healthy heart doesn't beat with regularity, meaning it speeds up, it slows down. It does that to accommodate your changing need for oxygen as your activities vary throughout the day. So you might think, well, what is a normal heart rate? Well, that really varies from person to person. However, an unusually high resting heart rate or low maximum heart rate could signify an increased risk of heart attack and death. So kind of important to know these different details about your own personal heart rate, right? Because maybe this is going to indicate to you that something could be going on. Now, one simple thing that you can do is just check your resting heart rate. And it's fairly easy to do, and having this information can really help you down the road. It's a really good idea to take your pulse occasionally to get a sense of what's normal for you and to identify unusual changes in rate or regularity that might warrant medical attention, meaning calling your doctor, something's not right, you've always had a resting heart rate of X, and now all of a sudden it's like 20 beats higher lately. Now when you are at rest, just so you understand what heartbeats are, when you're at rest, your heart is pumping the lowest amount of blood to supply the oxygen your body needs. For most healthy adult women and men, a resting heart rate ranges from 60 to 100 beats per minute. However, a 2010 report from the Women's Health Initiative, WHI, it indicated that a resting heart rate at the low end of that spectrum may offer some protection against heart attacks. And when WHI researchers or examined data on over 129,000 postmenopausal women, 
They found that those with the highest resting heart rates, more than 76 beats per minute at rest, were 26% more likely to have a heart attack or die from one of those with the lowest resting heart rate, 62 beats per minute or less. So if your resting heart rate is consistently above 80 beats per minute, you might wanna talk to your doctor about how your heart rate and other personal factors might be influencing your risk for cardiovascular disease. You know, we're always looking for ways to know ahead of time what disease might be coming our way, right? uh, We always want to get to a doctor right away if we find a lump in our body, right? You don't wanna wait on that. If you think you have a cardiovascular disease, you wanna see the doctor right away on that. So again, looking at heart rate, like it's kind of a little red flag source for us, a very easy thing for us to assess on our own. You don't have to go give blood or get some kind of lab work done to simply take your resting heart rate and know if something might be going on and headed in the wrong way. Or maybe something's going right and headed in the right way and you're seeing this great drop in resting heart rate because you're exercising more and it's it's making an impact on your health. These are such important things to be aware of. Now you might hear people talk about maximum heart rate. Now that's the rate at which your heart is beating when it is working its hardest to meet your body's oxygen needs at your maximum heart rate. And your maximum heart rate plays a major role in setting your aerobic capacity, which is the amount of oxygen you are able to consume. Now, several large observational studies have indicated that a high aerobic capacity is associated with a lower risk of heart attack and death. And a small controlled trial demonstrated that men and women with mild cognitive impairment who raised their aerobic capacity also improved their performance on tests of memory and reasoning. So look at that. So now we're starting to see that our heart rate, our maximum heart rate, can also tell us things about memory and reasoning, or at least the performance on those things and how it might impact it right now or over time. And so getting these baselines today, knowing what your resting heart rate tends to be, knowing what your maximum heart rate tends to be, write it down somewhere because maybe in six months you check it again and see if there is any kind of change. Now you might ask, well, what is the role of exercise in heart rate? Because we all know we're supposed to exercise because that makes us healthier, more fit, and it will benefit our aerobic capacity, right? Vigorous exercise is the best way to both lower your resting heart rate, and that's what you want. You want a low resting heart rate and increases your maximum heart rate and aerobic capacity. Because it's impossible to maintain a maximum heart rate for more than a few minutes, physiologists have advised setting a percentage of your maximum heart rate as a target during exercise. So if you're starting an exercise program, you might wanna set a target heart rate at 50% of your maximum and gradually increase that intensity of your workout until you maybe reach a 70 to 80% of your maximum heart rate. 
However, if you don't exercise regularly, you always want to check with your doctor before you set some kind of target heart rate, okay? So if you're someone who doesn't work out right now at all and you're like, okay, well, this is a great way for me to get started. I'm going to wear this heart rate monitor and I'm going to power walk to get my heart rate to this percent, which maybe, like I said, might be 50% of your maximum heart rate right now. So that is a great way to just get started with a little bit of heart rate training. And again, you can go, if you want actual heart rate training workout information, go back to that podcast that I already did, number 229, and you'll get a little bit more about that. But it's really important to understand that exercise is also playing a role in your heart rate, I don't wanna call it heart rate health, but in your heart rate health, (laughs) right? So the more you exercise, you are likely to get a lower resting heart rate over time. It's like the heart is a muscle and you're making it stronger so it's performing better. And you're also gonna increase then your maximum heart rate. And you can use these numbers to then give you some targets while you're exercising, if that's something that you want to do. Again, these are just different ways to think about heart rate and how it can play a role. Now, one thing you might wonder is like, well, how do you even know what your resting heart rate is? How do you do this, right? How to take your pulse? Well, although you may be able to feel your blood pumping in lots of spots all over your body, right? So some people feel it at the neck, you can feel it at the elbow, you can actually even feel your pulse at the top of your foot, just so you know. But your wrist is probably the most convenient and reliable place to get a really good pulse. And all you wanna do is press your index and middle finger together on your wrist and below the little fat pad of your thumb. Feel around lightly until you feel that sort of throbbing pulse right under your fingers. If you press too hard, you might actually suppress the pulse and you won't feel anything at all. You don't want to do that. You can probably get an accurate reading by counting the number of beats in 15 seconds and then just multiply that by four. The best time to get your resting heart rate is first thing in the morning. And they even say it should be before you even get out of bed. So when I tested my resting heart rate before, it's like I wake up, I literally like my eyes open, and then I try to stay as relaxed as I possibly can. I gently put my fingers over my wrist, I look at my clock, and I wait for it to turn to the next minute, and then I start counting. I like to count for the entire minute, and let me tell you why. Sometimes, especially if you don't do it first thing in the morning, like when you first go to take your pulse, I find that my pulse is like a little fast for a second, but then as I relax and breathe, it kind of slows down. So I like to get the whole minute versus taking the first 15 seconds. What if it was like a little fast for a second? Because you get sort of like a little anxious as you start to count and you, am I relaxed and have I moved? And I feel like over the full minute, you might get a better reading, but totally up to you. Either way is probably going to be fairly accurate. Now, if you want to gauge your maximum heart rate, generally you would take your pulse immediately after exercising as vigorously as possible. So a really great way for runners is to get your average heart rate after a 5K. So that's why I always like my clients to wear a heart rate monitor when you can, especially my runners who do the Run Power program. If we're looking 
at you becoming more fit, becoming a faster runner, all that, it really helps me as the coach to be checking your heart rate over time. And so we'll do a a time trial 5K, and I love to know what the average heart rate was because that's about your maximum heart rate. And so that really helps us then evaluate what your heart rate should be on your slow pace, easy runs. And so that's really important as well. So, so many things that the heart rate is telling us, um, but then I want you to also understand that there are a lot of factors that can influence your heart rate. So it's not just, hey, this is my body, here's my heart rate today, you know, what's wrong with me? Well, (laughs) potentially nothing's wrong with you, hopefully everything's right with you, but there are a lot of things that do influence your heart rate. For example, your age. Your age is going to impact your heart rate. Your fitness and activity levels, as we know, someone who's super fit is going to have that lower resting heart rate and higher maximum heart rate. Perfect example is my my son. He's a runner. He's almost 20 now, but he's still a teenager as of yet. And oh my God, like the few times that he has worn a heart rate monitor, because they don't wear heart rate monitors, (laughs) these kids. But the few times that he has for like a race or something, I can't believe how high his heart rate can get. Like I cannot get my heart rate that high. Um, Good for him. He's super fit, but he's also super young. And so that's going to impact. Now, let me give you like a little example here. Like, The highest I can generally get my heart rate, I would say 165. I've maybe seen 170 um, at some super high intervals or maybe at the end of like a hard 5K, okay? I swear to you, (laughs) once I looked at my son's um, heart rate and it was 200. I was like, oh my God, I can't even believe you can get your heart rate that high. Like, and he doesn't even know and he feels fine. So fitness and activity levels and age all do impact. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm out of shape. I'm almost 50 and he's almost 20, right? And he's an incredible runner. Um, I'm a good runner. (laughs) I would not say I was at his level by any means. And if you look at our heart rates, you can see a real difference. Now, what's another thing that can influence your heart rate? Being a smoker. I can guarantee you that that is not going to benefit your heart rate and therefore not benefit your health. Having cardiovascular disease, having high cholesterol or even diabetes will all influence your heart rate. How about air temperature? That's a great topic right now because it's so ridiculously hot outside. I don't know where you live. And I don't know what time of year you'll end up listening to this podcast episode, but it is currently Texas summer, and our summer got started way too early, and I cannot even tell you how hot it has been. Well, when I go out on a run now, my heart rate will automatically be higher because it's so hot outside. Doesn't mean that I'm less fit because I'm still doing all the same things, but air temperature will impact your heart rate. And so a lot of times for my runners or my bikers or anyone doing outside sports, a lot of times you have to accommodate the temperature outside with your workout. Meaning if I was to do speed work, my coach might drop my paces a little slower right now because it's so hot out. 
versus if it was in the winter time when I don't have that extra stress on the body, which this heat is an absolute stress on your body. So just know that air temperature can impact your heart rate, but doesn't necessarily mean that, oh my God, I'm getting sick or I'm less fit now because my heart rate is so much higher than it normally is. I would just sort of take note and say, oh, my heart rate's maybe 10 beats higher right now than it normally is, but I, I feel like I'm doing my regular thing. Oh, well, it is, you know, 80 degrees out with 90% humidity. Okay, well, that's probably why. Body position. If you're standing up, if you're lying down, for example, those things can influence your heart rate as well. How about this one? Seems obvious. Emotions. Super angry. Super sad. Super happy. Super excited. Surprised. All those things can influence your heart rate. Body size can influence your heart rate. And then this one's super important, medications can influence your heart rate. That's a really important one because sometimes I have a client who, you know, we're working together. I work on so many different aspects of people's health because it is my passion to not help people lose weight, but to get healthy. They just lose weight as a result of that. But sometimes a client doesn't tell me they started a new medication and they start to have some interesting side effects. And sometimes it's like heart palpitations or anything that could be heart rate related. And sometimes I have to ask, like, have you started any new medications? I always assume they would have told me and they're like, oh, well, I did start this, you know, last week. You should always tell your coach or your doctor, who hopefully it's your doctor who referred you to the medication, but a medication can greatly impact your heart rate. Um, a change in dosage of a medication could change your heart rate as well. So just know that all of those things can potentially impact that heart rate. Now, with exercise, heart rate can also tell us so much about the body, which again is why I really like my athletic clients to be wearing a heart rate monitor for their workouts because it's going to tell us many different aspects of their health and if they're getting stronger and how things are going. And it's also really important to know that if you don't have that baseline and we don't know what's normal for you, then this would make it really difficult then to know if, you know, if you have a particularly high heart rate that day. If your heart rate is like particularly high during a workout, and again, you're only going to know that if you're wearing a heart rate monitor and you sort of know what's normal for you. But if you do have this sense like, okay, something's weird. Like I went out for a run today. My heart rate was like 30 beats higher than normal. And I wasn't even doing an interval. There's a few things that can cause that as well, besides the things that I just told you. So the things I just told you are, are things that just impact your overall heart rate. Now I'm talking about you're working out and you notice that your heart rate is higher than normal. What could that be from? The first thing that can cause that is not enough sleep. So you know those days you just don't sleep well, like your, your little one kept you up all night and then the dog had to go out in the middle of the night and then you couldn't fall back to sleep and like you think you maybe you've got three hours of sleep, but then you had to get up and go to that spin class because it was on your calendar and you never miss a workout. Good for you. Um, you go to that spin class and you, your heart rate is like off the charts. Did you know that not enough sleep 
would impact your heart rate. So that is very common. So if you're not getting enough sleep, you are more likely to have a very high heart rate that day. And so to me, what that's saying is, hey, you didn't get enough sleep for this class personally. I would almost rather you have stayed in bed, fallen asleep, gotten a little more sleep than had that double stress of taking a cycle class, which is a stress on the body, with the double added stress of, and you didn't sleep well. So it's your heart rate is telling you, this is too much for me. This you know, Yes, you'll get through it and you're gonna be fine, but you have to understand how important sleep is and then it's gonna show in the heart rate. Another thing that can cause a super high heart rate, not super high, but a higher than normal, I should say, in a workout, if you're under a ton of stress, that could be personal stress, financial stress, work stress, family stress. Um, if you're under a lot of stress and you go take that cycle class and you notice that your heart rate is much higher than usual, it could be from all of that emotional stress because stress does play a role in our health, right? It's a reason that I always encourage my clients to do meditations. It's a reason that after phase one of Earn That Body, in phase two, we work on meditations because it's a part of our mind-body health. And so stress can play a role in your heart rate. Another thing is, if you take that cycle class and you notice, gosh, my heart rate's really high today, like way higher than usual, it can also be a sign that you're getting sick. And so I think that's kind of cool. Like, I feel like, oh, look at how much our heart rates tell us, you guys. And again, you don't even have to get lab work done. But if you are working out and you notice your heart rate's super high and you're like, I don't have any stress and I got eight hours of sleep last night. Like, there's, why would my heart rate, and then the next day you come down with a cold or, God forbid, COVID or a sore throat. And that is often what happens. So it can be an indicator that you're getting sick and that impacts your heart rate. Um, also, if you are sick, if you're gonna go to that cycle class and you are sick, please don't because you're gonna get everybody else sick in that tiny little box room. But if you are sick, that also will often show up in your heart rate. And then the last one that I see all the time because I work with a lot of athletes, overtraining. So you're hitting it hard every workout, your workouts are intense, your workouts are long, you don't take a day off, you just go, 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 go. And you notice my heart rate's getting higher and higher and higher. All week long, my heart rate continues to go up. You're getting plenty of sleep, you're not under stress, you're not sick, hopefully you're eating enough. Usually when I see a client like that, it's because they're doing way too much exercise and way too hard every single day. And then the body, it goes into like a stress zone and your high heart rate is showing it. And that high heart rate is like your red flag saying, hey, this is too much for me. It's too many hours of exercise. It's too much intensity of exercise. It's time to take a down week, right? It's another thing that people don't realize for athletes especially, you should have a proper build. Hopefully you're working with a coach, whether you're a runner, a swimmer, a triathlete, there should be builds in your program and then recovery weeks. 
and builds and recovery weeks. And that is what makes you stronger. But just going hard every single workout, which is never a good idea, even for an athlete, um, too often, too long, you might start to see that heart rate climbing, 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 and not getting lower. And of course, the lower that heart rate for the resting heart rates, that shows us a better level of health, aerobic capacity, you're getting fit, you're getting strong. If your resting heart rate's climbing every morning, not, not a good sign. So it's something that you want to definitely keep in mind. All of these are super important tips about your health that you can get info from just by putting your finger on your pulse, right? Now, some people ask me this, are athlete resting heart rates lower for a reason? Because if you know any real true athletes, their resting heart rates are unbelievable. An athlete's resting heart rate may be considered low when compared to most people in the general population. And a young, healthy athlete may have a heart rate of 30 to 40 beats per minute. That's so low. So if you think about what we were just talking about, 60 was like the low resting heart rate at the bottom of the level for the general population. But a healthy athlete, 30 to 40, that's amazing. 30, I'm going to make my son do this. I want to know what his resting heart rate is. Um, it's very potentially like that. Now, it's likely because exercise is strengthening the heart muscle. The heart is a muscle and it allows it to pump a greater amount of blood with each heartbeat as it gets stronger. So more oxygen is also going to the muscles and this means the heart beats fewer times per minute than it would in a non-athlete. Um, an athlete's heart rate may go up to 180 to 200 during exercise. That's my son, Charlie, right? So they, they have the ability to have a super high maximum heart rate and a super low resting heart rate. Now you might wonder, well, how low is too low? Like for an athlete, an athlete's resting heart rate is usually only considered too low when they have other symptoms. And so that could be something like fatigue, dizziness, weakness. If you have any of those kind of symptoms and a super low heart rate, that could indicate that there's another issue going on, a problem, and you should probably see a doctor if you experience those kind of symptoms with a super slow heart rate, just so you know. I mean, I get the feeling and understanding from most doctors that a low heart rate is just good. There's not going to be a too low, again, unless you have symptoms, kind of like low blood pressure. At least they used to say like, too low, generally never going to be a problem unless you have symptoms. Um, but always ask your doctor. Blood pressure is another thing that you should really have a baseline on, meaning when you go to the doctor, they should take your blood pressure and you should kind of have a sense, is that high for me or low for me? And the only way you know that is if you're going to your doctor every year, right? I'm a huge advocate of seeing your doctor every year. Get the checkup, find out what your heart rate is. They're gonna take your heart rate, they're gonna take your blood pressure, and you should get a full blood panel every year as well so that you have all these baseline numbers so that you have the ability to then say, well, that's normal for me, or that's not normal for me. 
Because again, at the end of the day, what are we trying to do? We're trying to be our healthiest self. We're trying to see, are there any factors that are signaling something to me that something is wrong or something is right? Like you might notice your heart rate is going in the right direction for resting heart rate. And it's because you started working out again and you feel amazing. And that's such a great little indicator. It's like, oh, my resting heart rate's going down. Like I'm getting more fit. I'm getting more healthy. So using heart rate to help assess your body and your health can actually be a really powerful thing. And I think it's just basic. And isn't that nice for things to just be basic? I think We live in a time where people want to sell you a million things and make it seem like everything is so complicated. Like I saw some diet thing. I don't even understand what it was, but it's like you had to like inject something into your arm or something. (laughs) Dieting has nothing to do with putting anything inside your body other than healthy food. Like it shouldn't be that hard and that you need this contraption that injects something into your arm once or twice a day, whatever it was, I was just like mortified that this is what it's come to is that like people are willing to do anything to lose weight except the basic thing, which is eat healthy and balanced exercise. And I say balanced because it shouldn't be extreme because the extreme exercise is not healthy as well. So heart rate is kind of like everything else that I believe in, in terms of it's natural. It's a natural way for us to assess our health. Um, it's, It's quite accurate as well, which is really interesting. And it doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to go somewhere and give your blood and lab work or weigh in or do anything more than take your two fingers and put them on your wrist. So I hope you found that interesting today. Maybe, you know, make a little note next to your bedside so you remember, okay, when I wake up in the morning, just write resting heart rate so that you don't get out of bed, that you just, you know, take a couple deep breaths and relax. Put those fingers on, get a resting heart rate, write it down, maybe check it again a couple weeks later, a month later. Um, it's also a really neat thing to do before any kind of training cycle. If you're an athlete and you're starting marathon training, kind of interesting to see what your resting heart rate is before and after your three to four months of training. It's free, again, so just use the information to your best ability. If you ever have concerns about what you're seeing, always notify your doctor. Hey everyone, that's it for today. Don't forget, if you need help, if you're like, you know what, all this makes sense to me and I'm doing everything wrong, I need some accountability for my workouts, for my nutrition, shoot me an email, kim at earnthatbody.com. I am here to help you. I will assess which program I have that is the best to reach your goals because I do have different programs for different goals and different needs. Hey everyone, the Earn That Body podcast, always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.